Good morning, how are we doing? Good to see you. It's, um, I just thought worship was great this morning. Opportunity to come together to, to praise God. And, um, you know, just to give that sound that's in your heart, that song, song of praise, you know, in your heart. It's, there's nothing like it, that what God's done individually, but when we come together corporately, I'd encourage you to keep praising God on a daily basis, no matter what your circumstances. So anyway, I'm speaking on the courage to be this morning, and I don't know about you, but a lot of the time I don't always feel courageous. Anybody else? Uh, very, very often, you know, I, I, I'll feel like, have I really got to do this? Is this me that's got to do this? Why have I got to engage with that person? Or why have I got to be sociable? Or why have I got to... So very often it's like, it's hard work. Anybody else feel like that? Or why have I got to go work and do this job? It just feels hard work. Can I do this? And, and very often when we think about courage, I know in my mind I can have maybe a, a perceived idea of what I think courageous people look like internally and externally. But actually, when I read the Bible, I look at characters in the Bible, they're actually, they're just real people. They're just human beings that have got their own struggles and their own battles internally and externally. And actually, when you look at them, they are quite weak on their own. Does anybody else feel like that? Let's be honest. Can I be honest this morning? Sometimes I feel weak. Sometimes I feel that I can't do the task that I've got to do. And it just becomes too much at times. Anybody feel like that? It might not be your job. It might be a situation. It might be a death in your family that it just consumes you. You're trying that it, you know, stop it from affecting you. But underneath, it affects you emotionally, psychologically. It affects you. You know, an exam re- that you're doing. You do all the preparation and you're getting ready and you, you know, I've done all the work, but you're still a little bit fearful of actually, how's it going to go? What, what's going to be on the test? So as much as we prep or do, there's a part of us actually that doesn't always feel good enough or maybe strong enough or capable enough to do the task that we've got to do or go through the situation or circumstances. Does anybody else feel like that? I know I feel like that. Not all the time. Some days I feel strong and I feel capable of doing the task. Other times I don't and I just have to face it and go through it. But I'm going to look at a character this morning, Joshua, who I think was a very real person, very down to earth. And he had his own challenges. He had a big task ahead, but he also had his own internal problems and challenges. And God had to meet him there in order to strengthen him. So the courage to be isn't just about, you know, you being a strong person. It's actually identifying in yourself that there is a weakness, but actually you can be strong in the weakness. And I believe God wants to strengthen each and every one of us so that we can have the courage to be who God's called us to be on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, throughout of all, all of our life. And we get to the end of our life, we can be strong enough all the way through to the end. Does anybody want to be like that? Anybody want some strength this morning? Anybody want God's strength this morning? God, I need some God's strength from you. I'm weak on the inside. I need some strength to get through this situation. And most of the time we look at it from our point of view, but actually it's more than you. Because it affects not only you, it affects your family. It affects your work colleagues. It it affects your friends as we're trying to be strong, but actually we're not strong. We're actually weak on the inside. And we're going to look at how we can actually be strong and have the courage to be. So let's look 
you know, just a few things about, about courage. I like a quote, Sarah read it a few weeks back, I think. Nelson Mandela said, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear. Courage is not about, you know, eradicating fear out of your life. We've sang a song earlier that said, there's no fear. You know, and, and that fear really is to do with there's no fear of the judgment of God. I have peace with God. But in this world, we all, humanly speaking, have fears that we face. So you're never actually going to get rid of all those fears, by the way. You're just going to have to face them and get through them. Some people say, oh, I'll get rid of the fear or cast out all the fear. No, you won't because you're going to face a new obstacle with uncertainty at some point and you have to going to go through it. Nelson Mandela says, I learned that courage was not the absence of fear, but the triumph over it. The brave person is not he or she who does not feel afraid, but the one who conquers that fear. I encouraged by that. Anybody else? So when you're having a day where you think, I- I'm a bit fearful of this, or I can't do the task. Listen, if Nelson Mandela felt like that, and we see what he did, there's good news for you. You can get through it. You can be brave enough to conquer it. You can master your fears. Next week, I'm going to be looking at Peter and mastering fears. This week, I'm going to look at Joshua and what it is to be courageous. So why is it so challenging? Why do I find it challenging? Why do you find it challenging to be strong and courageous? I think it's because, one of the reasons, my opinion, we're, we like to know what's going to happen. That's why we do all the tests, all the revision and the test. You know, because we want a good mark, but actually we want to cross and tick all the things that we need to do so that we know when we get to the test, we'll have it all together. Yeah? We like to know. We like to be control freaks and we want to know everything about everything. So when we get there, we get it right and we look good and it doesn't have a bad reflection on us. We, we, we want to know and we don't like not knowing. You know, another reason is this. Most of us, I think, sometimes don't understand what courage actually is. We have a picture in our head what a courageous person looks like, what a strong person looks like. You know, over the years... Strength and courage has changed. The understanding of it, the words of it has changed. And there's two basic words that we use today that gives the meaning for courage or strength. The first one, you'll know it, Latin word fortido, fortudo, where we get fortitude. So in my mind, when I say fortitude, I think of a castle. Big fortified castle. Does anybody have a castle when they were a kid? No. You missed out if you didn't have a castle. Go buy some Lego and build a castle, right? Go buy some Lego and build a castle. I don't like Lego, but just go buy a castle. Go build a castle. You've missed out if you've not built a castle as a kid. I remember growing up having a Playmobil people and having a castle. And my mum buying me this castle and setting it all up. And, you know, nothing could get past the castle. Not even the dragon could get in. And the, the idea of this word, this Latin word, fortuna, is to do with, you know, strength. It's to do with a military approach. So when we look at Joshua now, we can, we can depict Joshua needs to be a strong man. He needs to be a military man. He needs to be one of strength, one who's strong enough to do the task ahead. And I, I've got to be honest, when I think of that word, most of the time I don't always feel like that. Doesn't anybody else feel like that? I don't feel like the big hero, the big knight in shining armor who's got the sword, it's all shining, and he's off 
to face in, into the unknown, and he's brave enough with a smile. He's got all the gear and all the idea. Death he faces, yet he's still brave enough to go into it. Does, I don't always feel like that. I feel that my arm is a bit like shoddy and it's not good enough. It's falling off or I've had to borrow somebody else's and I'm, I'm going to war. Hopefully I'll just get through it on a daily basis. Maybe the sword will do the job and I'll get through the darkness that I don't really like anyway. I, I feel like that. Does anybody else feel like that? Is it just me in this room? Or are you all knights in shiny armor with castles that are well built? I, I, I very often, and I think sometimes there's an external pressure that's put upon us that we should be this knight in shining armor who has it all together, who has all sufficient knowledge in this world as a Christian that we know and we can defeat all things. But that's not the reality of life. That's not really where we're at. And I don't think that's the courage that God wants us to walk in. Because who can really connect with somebody like that? Who's perfect? And who's strong? Because I know I don't always feel strong, so I'll struggle connect with somebody who's invincible. Because how can I be that when they are that? I struggle to connect. Is this helping? The other one, the other word is Andrea, which is a Greek word which means manliness. I'm the man. Ladies, I'm sorry, this doesn't always come across good for you. You know, you've got to be the man, the main man. It's a word that's used in society that the man's the one who's got to be strong. He's got to be the head of the home. He's got to have it all together. And there's a pressure that's put upon society. This is what strength is. This is what courage is. He's the main man. He's the one who wears links and he, you know, he's, he's more attractive than anybody. He, this is what's put upon us as men. Does anybody, men, do you feel like that? I feel like that sometimes. This is what it is to be strong. But actually, that's one ideal of what the world projects for us to be strong, to be manly, to be a fortitude, impregnable. Nothing can hit us. Nothing can stop us. But the reality of life is, it's not like that, is it? Because if we're honest, we don't feel like that. But there is good news, because actually, if we get to where we should be, we can actually be strengthened by God in who we are rather than trying to be something that we are not. And I believe God wants us to get to that place where we can be who we truly are. And in that place, we get a courage and a confidence and a power from God that allows us to be who God's called us to be. And in weakness, it says in the Bible that God's power is perfected in weakness. So hopefully this morning, if there's some weak people in here, we'll have some strong people. If there's some people feeling not strong enough, then here's the good news. God can strengthen you. But if you're the knight in shining armor and you've got the fortitude and you've got it all together, I'm afraid that God's kind of saying, well, I can't get in there because you've already got too much power and too much strength. But if you're here this morning and you're in a place of recognizing my walls have come down and actually my, not my, my armor isn't all shiny and actually I need God, you're in a good place this morning. You're in a place to be who God's called you to be. That he can give you an identity. He can strengthen you. He can empower you. He can equip you. And he can, he can put you into a place where you never even imagined you could get to in him. Who wants the courage to be? So let's look at Joshua chapter 1 verses 9 to 1 to 9. And we'll go from the message first of all. It says, after the death of Moses... The servant of God, God spoke to Joshua, Moses' assistant. Moses, my servant is dead. Get going. There's no messing around that, is there? 
Cross the Jordan River, you and all the people. Cross to the country I'm giving to the people of Israel. I'm giving you every square inch of the land you set your foot on, just as I promised Moses. From the wilderness to, to, and this Lebanon east to the great river, the Euphrates River, or the Hittite country, and then west to the great sea. It's all yours. That's a great promise. And then he says, all your life, no one will be able to hold out against you. That's a pretty tough fortress that nothing can get you. Does anybody want a fortress like that? That no enemy, nothing will able to stand against you. It's better than my fortress. In the same way I was with Moses, I will be with you and I won't give up on you. I won't leave you. Strength, courage. You are going to lead this people to inherit the land that I promised to give your ancestors. Give it everything you have, heart and soul. Make sure you carry out the revelation that Moses commanded you, every bit of it. Don't get off track, either left or right, so as to make sure you don't get to where you're going. Sorry, so as to make sure you get to where you're going. And don't for a minute let this book of revelation out of your mind. Ponder and meditate on it day and night. Make sure... You practice everything written in it. Then you'll get where you're going. Then you'll succeed. Haven't I commanded you strength, courage, don't be timid. Don't get discouraged. God, your God, is with you every step you take. You see, if Joshua was a knight in shining armour who had it all together who didn't need help from God, he wouldn't have got this message from God. He wouldn't have got and received something from God in order to strengthen him. Here's the good news. When we are real with where we're at, God can meet us there. When we try and project something that we're not, God can't meet us because we we have to meet him in truth and we're deceiving who we are. But when we're real, God can meet us where we're at. I remember as a kid growing up, I, I always wanted a BMX. Anybody have a BMX? No BMXs in the place. This will go down a treat then, won't it? All right, a BMX. Anybody have a chopper? Wow, we're getting there. Anybody have a budgie? Uh, yeah, I know it's embarrassing. I had a budgie, right? My mum couldn't afford a chopper. I had a budgie. It was like a downsized version of a, you know. No, it's okay. I got over it. Like I say, I'm not a knight in shining armor. I have some wounds. <laughs> but, you know, I-, I wanted a BMX. BMXs came out in the 80s, and it was like the bee's knees. You could go off, off-road, and you could, you know, it had good tires to grip on, and you could do stunts on it, although none of us could do stunts on them. But you had to have the trick nuts on the back and the front, so you could, you know, go around pretending you could do tricks, but all you did is put your feet on the back, and you could do nothing. But anyway, I wanted a BMX. And then at the time, I remember the BMX. It was the Rally Burner. There was a rally burner BMX, and I got my eye set on it. It wasn't the cheapest, but you know, I thought, oh, I'd had a budgie before, I didn't get the chopper. Hopefully, I'll get the rally burner. And Christmas morning, you know, turned up, and I got the BMX. I knew it was in the corner, it was wrapped up. I'm like, that's a bike. That's my rally burner. And I opened it up, and it wasn't a rally burner, it was a team BMX. Who's heard of that? Did anybody have a team BMX? See? 
I'm sure my mum got something and painted it and stuck something on. But you know, I had a team BMX and I remember the knock on the door at about nine o'clock and I knew it was going to be my mates and I knew they were going to have their rally burners, right? And I'm like, I've had a team BMX. I felt the external pressure, the peer pressure from my mates of not fitting in and not having a rally burner. And I opened the door and I'm like, hey up guys trying to look confident with a knight in shining armour, I comes out with the BMX, and I'm like, well, have you had Team BMX? And I'm like, I've got no confidence in this Team BMX at all. And I remember coming out in the street and, and, and riding it around, I'm like, it doesn't look as good as a rally burner. And I know I sound really ungrateful, but at the time, that's where I was at as a kid. And that was the pressure I felt as a kid to conform to the peer pressure of me mates. And I didn't feel that I fitted in and I wasn't good enough because I hadn't got what they got. To the point where I remember a few years, you know, as time went on, I still wasn't 100% content with me team BMX. I even took the padded thing off the front that's supposed to protect your private, you know. Some of you ladies won't fully understand that, but just, you know, appreciate that you need padding on the front. But I took the Team BMX padding off the front because, you know, then nobody would know who I met. They wouldn't know, you know, it wouldn't reflect bad on me. And to the point where I noticed some of the lads on their bikes, they decided to take the paintwork off. And I spent two days peeling the Team BMX transfer stickers that were all on my bike, scraping it a bit at a time, just so I could take it off, so it would be chrome, and nobody would know it was a Team BMX. And I remember driving around on it, like, once it was all chrome, I was just glad it was chrome underneath, by the way, and not just black, and it was shiny and silver, and I, nobody knows it's a Team BMX now, because I've taken it all off, and it's shiny and silver, but nobody knows. And I'd ride around, like, and they'd say, oh, what's that? And I'm like, Rally Burner. And like, they know it's not a rally burner because it looks nothing like the shape of a rally burner. And I've really got no confidence that it's a rally burner. But because of the pressure of them, I'm like, I'm just going to lie anyway so that I fit in. You know, and I think, I look back and I think, why couldn't I just say it's a Team BMX? Why couldn't I just believe in myself and believe in what my mum had given me and appreciate that actually it was different than everybody else? And actually, I'd have probably stood out a bit more and if I had a confidence in what it was. That actually, I'm me and this is who I am. And how many of us, just like Joshua, who's going into a territory, he was terrified and afraid. He'd got the external pressure on him to be something just like Moses was. He'd seen amazing miracles and he'd got this external pressure of being somebody. And in it, he's feeling insecure. He's feeling not good enough. He's feeling that my value, you know, I've got no worth because I'm not as good as that. I need a rally burner. How many of us feel like that? How many of us can actually be honest and say, I feel like that, I feel the pressure. And actually, I'm going to be honest and I'm going to be me. I'm going to recognise my weakness. I'm going to recognise that, you know, I have a Team BMX. Nobody else has a Team BMX. Oh, wow. So I'm unique. Yes, you're unique. There's only one of you. There's one Team BMX. There's one of you. There's one Tim. There's one Andrew. There's one Mandy. There's one James. And there's so much pressure put upon us to conform to something else that we're not. And I want to encourage you to be real. Be honest where you're at. So you say, how does that happen then? I struggle on the inside. Well, this is what I think we need to do in order to be real. I remember... 
Grace is 10 years old now. And for some reason, they both have a different sleeping pattern. Olivia gets up every morning at six o'clock, goes to bed at half past six at night. Clockwork, absolutely perfected. Boom, half past six, boom, six o'clock. Grace doesn't fit into that clock. She goes to bed at, we put her bed at seven or we put her bed at eight and she's still awake at nine. She's still, she doesn't do anything wrong. She just lies there, good as gold. I can't go sleep, daddy. I'm like, shut your eyes, Grace. Grace, shut them. Shut them. Learn to shut your eyes. I'm shutting them, dad. And she doesn't do anything wrong. It's just, that's the way she is. But then in the morning, it's like, she struggles to get up. She's, she'd lay in bed till eight o'clock. We've done nothing wrong with training our children to go sleep. They're, they're, we've done exactly the same, but for some reason, they're different. For some reason, somebody get, one of them struggles to go sleep at night and then struggles to get up in the morning. And I remember one morning, Grace, I mean, she's 10 years old, not that she's got the pressure you know, of the world on her shoulders, but one morning it was like, I don't want to get up this morning. We're like, what do you mean you don't want to get up this morning? Anybody got teenagers, you probably you know, have more challenges than... I've probably got some things coming in the future, right? I don't want to get up this morning. I remember hearing it and thinking, why don't you want to get up this morning, Grace? And, you know, you've got to be strong and you've got to teach them, you know, to get up and de- be disciplined. And, you know, you should want to get up and life's worth living. And come on, you love Jesus. Get out of bed, you know, take your neck. But she, this, is, this is what I heard Sarah do. No, she didn't shout, get up. We've tried that, it doesn't work. But you know, I heard her say this. She probably even can't remember it. And she said this, Grace, you know what? Some mornings, I don't want to get up. I don't want to go to work. I want to lie in bed. But you know what, Grace? We have to get up. And we have to go to work. And we have to get on. And you know, at that point, I realized... In Sarah's strength and who she is, and she can do amazing things, I noticed the vulnerability and being real and what she passed on to her child. She didn't put the external pressure on. Well, you should want to get up. She was just real and honest with where she was at. She said, I don't want to get up some mornings. Now she does, and she's a great mom. But what happened at that point, I believe, is she showed a vulnerability She was real with where she was at. Listen, church, if we're going to grow, if we're going to grow as a church and people, we've got to learn to connect with people. The only way we'll connect with people is if we are real and make ourselves vulnerable. I feel weak as well. Oh, you feel weak? That makes me feel better. I'm not, I'm putting, where's all this pressure I'm putting on myself to be something that I'm not? When actually I I speak to somebody who actually is struggling themselves. They're struggling in their marriage or they're struggling in their job. They're struggling in something and they've put too much pressure on themselves to become something that they're not instead of making themselves vulnerable and being real. You say, I I struggle to come to church. Well, guess what? Some weeks we struggle to come to church. Oh, can we say that? Can I say that? Can I say that some, some days you'll struggle to get out of bed? Some days, you know, we get ill. I was sick a few weeks back and I was, I was struggling you know, I was down. I was feeling it was hard work. Fortunately, my wife and my kids were great making cards and doing all things. And I just leave me alone, <laughs> right? Just give me some space. But you know, let's be real about this. 
Let's not put too much pressure on ourselves to become something that we're not. Let us be real and vulnerable. Joshua connects with God because he was real and he was vulnerable. He wasn't some pretending to be something that he's not. He was scared and he was timid. Therefore, God could connect with him in, his, in being afraid and his external pressure. In the same breath, he's got this internal insecurity that's going on that he doesn't feel good enough. But in that place, God meets him in his vulnerability and strengthens him in his weakness. I think that's good. And I want to encourage you to be real and make yourself vulnerable at times. Not all the time. Not offloading all of your problems because that's not moving on. But find a connection with someone where you can be real. Otherwise, we'll always struggle to, to connect with God because we'll always struggle to connect with people because we put a facade on. Second thing is this. Joshua is real. The second thing is this. For you to be courageous, you've got to have a plan. You've got to be intentional. God is amazing at how he meets with Joshua. He comes to him and he says this, right, let's get going. Let's move on. This is what I want you to do. In other words, this is where you are now. I recognize you're weak. I recognize you're struggling. But this is where I want you to go next. This is where I want you to get to next. This is where I want you to move on. On to next. In other words, he gave him an intentional plan. This is the plan. Get going, get up, get the people ready. You're going to cross over the Jordan to enter the land. There was an intentional plan with his life. If you just stay here and have no plan, you're not going to go anywhere. You say, how am I going to get through this situation? I don't know. I, I don't understand unless you talk and think and have a desire to get somewhere else. And God understood that Joshua needed some intention and purpose in his life. And he gave him a purpose. This is the purpose. You are here to move to there. You say, well, what do, what, what's my purpose? What do you want me to do? I want you to be brave enough and say, well, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? You're not going to be a military man like Joshua. But God intentionally made you with purpose and meaning that you can bring purpose to this world, to your family, to, to, to your workplace. You can bring intention or purpose to this world. You say, well, what, what do you want me to do? This is, this is what I'd ask you to do. Write down, go home, have a think, or if you're a quick thinker, you can do it now. Three things that you would like to do. What, me? Yeah, you. Three things that you would like to do with your life. You could say, well, I just want to, I want to go swimming or I want to get fit. Something that you really want to do with your life. You see, what happened with Joshua, Joshua was in a transition of change. He was going from losing his mentor, the person he looked up to. It, he had died. It, it, his reassurance, his security had now gone and he's in transition. The problem with that is we don't like it because we don't like not knowing. If you go through a change or a transition, I would really encourage you to be intentional. Don't just sit in it. Don't just wallow in it. Don't just feel sorry for yourself. Be intentional then and say, right, what are you going to do? How are you going to get moving again? How are you going to get from here to somewhere else? Where do you want to go? Write three things down with your life. How many of you are going to do that? Go home and say, right, this is what I want to do. You say, well, I've got to care for my family. I've got to do it. No, no, no. Let's think of you for a second. 
Let's think of you. What do you want to do? Because if you're confident in who you are and what you're doing, that confidence will flow into other people. What do you want to do with your life? It's the question of why. Why am I here? And it's that simple. Take a moment in all of the busyness, in all of the pressure, in all of the electronic gadgets that have your time and attention that you can't put down, take a moment and stop and say, right, what do I want to do? And it's really simple. Find out what you like doing and find out what you're good at and see where you can use that wherever you are. That's it. You say, oh, there's, there's got to be more to it. What, what does God want me to do? No, 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 no. Look at yourself. Have a look at what you like doing, what God's put in you and what you're good at and use that somewhere. And this is what it will do. It will affirm in you who you are. It will give you a confidence, a self-affirmation. This is who I am and this is why I'm here. It will build your confidence, but you have to be intentional with it. You have to say, right, I'm in this situation. I'm going to move on. And some of you might be doing that already. You think, well, I'm out doing that. That's okay. But I want to encourage you, when you go through a change or a transition that's difficult, don't forget to be intentional. Don't forget to say, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is what I want to do with my life. Because otherwise, you'll just stay there and not move on. Joshua was stuck in that situation, and God knew he needed purpose and intention to move him on. He gave him a plan. Are we still with me this morning? You see, desire is more powerful than willpower. I've written that down. I can't remember where I got it from. But your willpower will go so far. But if you have a desire in your heart to love somebody and commit to them, you'll do it with everything and continue to do it with everything that's within you. But if it's just willpower, it'll fade off when you get tired. But if you have a desire underneath, this is what I want. I'm going to give everything that I have into it. If you choose, this is my desire, this is what I want, this is what, it'll go far further than willpower. It'll push through the fears because it's greater than those fears. You know, Jesus Christ pushed through the fears. He pushed through death itself. Why? Because it says it was a joy that was set before him. His desire was to die and be sacrificed for you. His desire was greater than death. His desire was greater than the fears. His desire was far greater than anything that was put upon him by the religious people. Why? Because he had chosen intentionally to come for you. My desire is to save my people. My desire is to love them to the point of death. Desire goes much further than willpower. And sometimes we don't even think for ourselves, why am I here? What am I doing? Because we're in the busyness of life. We're having the busyness of the rally burner put upon us instead of saying, in a minute, I'm not a rally burner. I'm a team BMX. That's who I am. Be intentional with your life. Know where you're going. The next one is this. He says in the NIV version, he says to Joshua then, after giving him intention, he says this, be careful to follow the revelation or the instruction that's been given to you from Moses. So you say, well, this is where I'm at. I'm being real. I'm being honest, but I want to move somewhere else. I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to affirm. This is what I want to do. I'm going to be confident in this. I have a desire for it. I'm going to pursue it. But then he says, be careful. In other words, on this journey, 
you're going to face some trials and tribulations and you're going to have to hold on to the thing that you've decided to hold on to. You say, well, what do I hold on to? For me, my foundation would be love. I'm going to hold on to love. I'm going to hold on to God's love through it all. I'm going to love people, and this is, this is a phrase that I like, in spite of. I'm going to have an in spite of mentality. I'm going to keep loving and keep being courageous in spite of the way I'm treated. I'm going to have an in spite of, you know, that hurt me. Well, are you going to take on a spirit of, you know, unforgiveness? Are you going to take on a spirit of an offense? Or are you going to be courageous enough? In spite of that, I'm going to choose to carry on loving. I'm going to carry on forgiving. Well, I've lost somebody and it's hurt. Listen. Let's be real, it hurts and it does hurt. But are you going to carry on the journey? Are you going to carry on the, tra- on the track? Are you going to carry on forgiving? Are you going to carry on you know, letting go and moving on? Or are you going to hold on to it and let it consume you? Have an in spite of attitude. That happened to me. Didn't go the way I wanted it to do today. The boss said that or the, the, the car broke down and the, the wheel, everything's falling apart around me. But I've got an in spite of mentality. I'm going to keep on going. Be careful on this journey. You see, Joshua was going into a land that was corrupt. I mean, really corrupt. Indoctrinated with beliefs where children, children were sacrificed to this, their so-called powerful God. Strong God, he was known as, the God of Al, where we get our God's name from the beginning, Al, which means the all-powerful one. Their all-powerful God was teaching them to sacrifice children, sacred prostitution. This is the world that they were going into, and God knew that he couldn't conform his people to that. And I want to encourage you, when you go on this journey, don't get conformed by other people's behavior. You will be tempted, you will be, you know, people will tell you you're not good enough. They'll try and put that upon you, that, you know, you were rubbish at that. Don't be conformed to that. Hold on to God's truth in your life, that God loves you in spite of what's happening to you. Be careful to hold on to your values and hold on to your beliefs. Hold on to love, hold on to your faith in God and the hope that he gives you eternal life through Christ Jesus. Many of us, can get consumed by our senses and our emotions in the circumstances in the situation. And if we're not careful, we get taken out because we've not been committed to and, and, and embed some of these values in our lives. I want to encourage you to be careful. And then the next thing he says is this, be prosperous and successful. Anybody want to prosper? Hmm. can we prosper? Do you want to be successful? Does God want you to be successful? He says to Joshua, you know, be prosperous and successful. Man, the God of heaven, the all-powerful one who's above all things, speaks to Joshua in his weakness and his vulnerability and says, be prosperous and successful. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know how you receive that, but maybe you think, well, I'm not good enough. Me, I, 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 I'm not, I can't be successful. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You can be successful and you can prosper. See, the only thing that stops us doing that is our wrong thinking. 
that actually we're not good enough. Or we try and we get a knockback, so we take it so personal that we think we can't do it because we're not good enough. We didn't match up to what the world wants. But Joshua is encouraged by God in his unworthiness. He doesn't feel good enough. He doesn't feel capable enough. But God meets him there and says, come on, be successful. Is there any success in this room? Come on, is there any success in your future? Absolutely. Is there any success for your children? Absolutely. Even though the system of the world puts things upon them and tells them that they don't meet up to the standards, they're still successful in the eyes of God. And it's our job to breathe that into them. When the world tries to breathe death, we're here to breathe life in spite of we believe in. That's what we're here to do. And some of you kids, you know, you're successful and you're academic. It's brilliant. We need academic people. But for some, some kids will struggle with that academically. But they'll, they'll succeed in many other ways if we keep believing in them. If they don't conform to these systems. Embrace the systems. They're not bad things. But we must ensure that our children aren't boxed into them and find their identity in them. Is this okay this morning? You see, when we trust in God, Joshua had lost Moses, who he loved. And his security was probably in a lot of Moses. There was great expectation then. He felt upon him externally. But he was never going to be a Moses. He was not Moses. He was Joshua. He had a different purpose. He had different skill sets. And God knew that he would be successful. God knew that he would prosper. And I want to encourage you, whatever you think of yourself, whatever wrong thinking you have, acknowledge that it's there. Don't try and dismiss it and think, I oh, know, I'm not going to talk about it. No, no, no. You don't think good about yourself. Make yourself vulnerable, but allow God's truth into there, into your heart. Because once God's truth's in our hearts, we are strengthened from the inside out. God values you. God believes in you. God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be successful. In the good and in the bad, he promises to bring good out of it. You will prosper no matter what you go through. If you hold on to him, you be careful. Don't give in. Keep going and holding on to his truth. And you will prosper in and through. And I believe God gives us a courage, a courage to be who we are, not conformed from the pressure of this world, but the freedom to be who we are. Our gift, our talent, so that we can use it on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, and for the rest of our lives. And I'm going to finish with this. God then says at the end, it's another B. You've noticed I've given you some Bs this morning. There's not many bees around this summertime. Is there? For some reason, we're low on bees, so I'll give you some bees. Be real, be intentional, be careful, be prosperous. Have a success mindset, not one of unworthiness, but one of value and worth and the difference you can make in this world. And the last thing is this, and I love what he does at the end with Joshua. He says, says in the NIV, he says, the Lord your God will be with you wherever you 
go. The all-powerful God, the one who nothing can stand up against, who's a strong refuge, strong tower in time of need. Nothing, nothing, nothing can defeat him. Not even death itself. Not even death itself can fasten him down. There is nothing in this world that can hold him down. Even in his place of weakness, where he sacrificed his life, in that place of weakness, God transferred his power that was, that was God's power into Christ that raised him from the dead. Abraham considered his body as good as dead, yet God performed a miracle and gave him life. That's the God who we serve. Whatever situation you face, you think, I don't know how I'll get through this. I want to encourage you. Hold on to God. Keep going through it. You're going to get through it. Why? Because he promises to be with you all the days of your life. When you face death itself, or you know family members that are facing death, I want to encourage you. God says, I'll never leave you. It might not. You may know, how is this situation? Why has somebody died in my world? I don't know. But what I do know is there's a God who's above it all. When we don't understand when we get confused, when we have doubts and we have fears and we're wrestling through our own insecurities like Joshua did, there's a God who's above it all. There's a God who understands and there's a God who wants to get real with you in and through it. You see, when Sarah was real with grace, what it did to me, it took so much pressure off me as a dad because I thought, why am I putting all this pressure on myself for my kids and then back onto my kids? And what it did is this, it transferred something from Sarah to me. The word, if you're a psychologist, it means to transmute something. The sound that was in Sarah of her being real transferred to me and it empowered me and strengthened me. It made me a different person. I was changed. I was strengthened in my heart. And I want to encourage you. God promises never to leave you. When you feel afraid, go back to that truth. God is with me. Maybe you know people who are suffering death. You can go and be a comfort to them. You can go and give them hope. You can be there for them. You can be a light in the darkness. You know, when Jesus left his disciples they were all scared and they were all confused but he knew there was a bigger picture and he knew there was somebody he was going to send to them he sent the Holy Spirit the counsellor the comforter the strengthener and it's the Holy Spirit it's not even me It's not even me preaching the word of God. It's the Holy Spirit that brings it alive in you. It's the Holy Spirit that strengthens you. It's the Holy Spirit that enlightens now, not externally, but internally and brings you alive through your difficulty. I want to encourage you this week. God said to Joshua, I'll never leave you. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to strengthen you. Have a confidence in you. Don't be a rally burner. Be a team BMX. Because that's who God's made you to be. You say, well, I'm not like anybody else and I don't fit in. You're not meant to fit in. You're meant to be you. Have the courage to be you. I know it's scary, 
at times because people want you to fit in. But I want to encourage you to be you because there's only one of you. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to tell you why you're here. Allow the Holy Spirit to affirm in you who you are in Christ. I'm loved. I'm accepted. I'm forgiven. He died for me. But don't just do it in church. Do it on a daily basis. God is with you. Have the courage to be who you are. Next week, I'm going to look at um, facing our fears and I'm looking at Peter and how he had to face his peers, uh, fears, probably his peers as well, his fears, in order to become who God wanted him to be.